Tis the season for a new holiday classic, and this week's episode is brought to you by The Man Who Invented Christmas, starring Dan Stevens as Charles Dickens and Christopher Plummer as Scrooge. Deadline's own Pete Hammond calls it a total delight, a truly wonderful, amusing, clever, and irresistible holiday charmer. The Man Who Invented Christmas is playing in theaters everywhere. Get your tickets now. Welcome to the Bart Fleming Podcast. I'm Peter Bart. Mike Fleming here. Mike, you know, the, the death of Charles Manson this week reminded me how the, the Manson murders 50 years ago seemed to haunt the town for months and, and even years. I, I was around at the time, and, and as you know, I knew Sharon Tate, I knew Roman Polanski, and I vividly remember the atmosphere of, of shock and fear that, that pervaded uh, the Hollywood scene. Uh, I don't want to stretch the comparison, but in a way, the sexual harassment scandals are haunting the town today uh, in, in sort of the same way. It's like a somber veil hovering over conversations and social interactions. And, uh, and let's face it, there are a lot of men in this town who are not sleeping well these days. What's your feeling? Well, I mean, you know, I was talking to... Uh uh, to sort of, uh, I'm talking to a, a deal maker out there who I speak to every now and then, and we were just uh, ruminating on the Louis C.K. thing. And, and the guy, as the guy said, he goes, "You know what? I, I get up in the morning, I read uh, what's out there, and I say to myself, who are these people? I mean, you know, the, the stories com- continue to be." Um, kind of like uh, hard to believe. Uh, it almost seems uh, like satire that uh, that you basically would have Louis C.K. denying um, these things. And then basically the New York Times does a, a piece about how he does what should be a solitary activity as a way of just terrorizing women. And then he says, yep, all true. And then all of his, all of the people who helped him build his career uh, jump off the ship, and then basically the ship goes down, and this guy is left with nothing. I have never uh, seen anything like this, um, and uh, so yeah, I believe it is haunting every single conversation. And I, I have to say, the the Thanksgiving holiday was probably something that a lot of people felt really good about uh, disengaging from, because you know who wants to be in the swamp uh, every minute of every day. I mean, these stories are—they're—they're just awful. Well, it also raises a question for you and me and many others: that how, how do you really relate to people who have um, been accused of these things? Like, <clears throat> do you refuse any contacts with, say, a, a guy who? who has apologized for something that he did 20 years ago? Is this somebody who we just pretend doesn't exist now? Uh, and especially those who refute the charges or have their attorneys do so. Um, I mean, I believe clearly, and then some of these high-profile cases, the offenders should be banished. But um, I, I have different feelings uh, about people who have who have been not only in, in, in film, but in many other areas who, who have denied these things or who said, you know, that's 
that happened 30 years ago. I've learned a lot since then. I'm not prepared to say, well, these are people I refuse to talk to. Well, I mean, the one with uh, Al Franken, who was a, a comedian, a, a comedy writer and a performer on Saturday Night Live during, uh, you know, those those uh, a hazy period in that show's uh, time. And now he's a productive uh, senator, um, you know, but the idea of seeing a, a photograph of him on the front page of the New York Post leeringly uh groping a sleeping uh, woman on a USO tour. I mean, it's like you, you, you can't make this stuff up. It's, you know, I, I don't know how to feel about this guy. Um, it seems like a, like a, like a, a dumb joke that's, you know, that went completely awry. Um, I guess the question about all this stuff is, is if there are going to be meaningful reforms, how far does this Thing go and are there gradations for bad behavior um, versus uh, flat out sexual assaults? I mean, you know, we just saw this uh, this situation play out where Jeffrey Tambor um, has exited, uh, you know, the, the the series Transparent, and he was clearly the you know he won all these awards and um, you know, and he basically says that you know he's a hard guy to get along with but that he's not a predator. I, I mean, you know, uh, some of this stuff, I'm, I'm not sure how much it's going to help um, um, meaningful reform because I have been told by people in a position of hiring that they right now feel reluctant to hire women. And if that's true, and if that becomes a byproduct of this, it sort of undermines the good, uh, the good things that could come out of something like this. Well, I think it is true. I think there's a, a great deal of tension between the sexes in town, which annoys the hell out of me. I remember in this, the 70s, sex, rock and roll, sex, drugs, and rock and roll triggered a sort of a sexualization of society and certainly of Hollywood. And, and five decades later, we're witnessing a sort of a perverse resexualization where every, everybody is talking about sexual exploitation and not sexual discovery. And that's perverse and disturbing. Well, yeah, I, I mean, we, we'll have to see where this goes. And I see people out there uh, who are well-meaning, who are struggling. I mean, we saw Lena Dunham, who has been a, uh, a productive voice for, for change and for women, uh, and she had a very bold uh, run on, on, the sh on the show Girls, and then she was caught um, basically in this situation where, where she seemed to be uh, refuting uh, these sexual assault charges made against you know, a writer uh, on her show, and then she had to backtrack because it, 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 it seemed to turn her into a hypocrite. And, um, you know, now Sarah Silverman has been trying to deal with uh, interpreting uh, who Louis C.K. is when she found out this appalling thing, which I thought was kind of an open secret on the comedy circuit. You know, and, and so they're all basically um, struggling with trying to find a handle for how these people are are regarded in the future and whether they can have careers and, and whether you can speak up for somebody who maybe did some scurrilous things. I mean, the whole thing is just, um, it's, it's just so raw and unfolding in real time. In a way, um, from, a, from, a, from a news gatherer standpoint, it, it's, pretty, it's pretty fascinating uh, to cover it in real time. I mean, there's a new thing every, 
it feels like three times a day, but it is, uh, I mean, it certainly is a mess out there. Yeah, they're ugly stories to write, though. They really are, and I know you feel that as, as, well, as, as well as I do. And, you know, on a practical level, though, a lot of people during the holiday season who are out there looking for jobs because the companies they worked for have been disrupted or, and torn apart, and also the people they've worked for and were loyal to, their careers are basically destroyed. So this is a weird time of year. And I've talked to, to several people who, frankly, are saying, we need a job. I didn't plan to spend the holiday season job hunting and interviewing. So, you know, on a specific practical level, this business is in trouble. Well, the, well the, the, the holidays is the worst time to be looking for a job. And I can remember many years writing stories. I mean, once, one time it, it involved the Weinstein Company um, or Harvey Weinstein, you know, letting someone go right before the Christmas holiday. And that was always a, an interesting story to write because it was, you know, sort of like the Ebenezer Scrooge, Scrooge thing. But here, you know, there are so many um, movies that are, you know, the series that have that have imploded because of this scandal. Um, and I do think that down the line, we'll see that a lot of jobs and uh, job opportunities uh, have been lost because of the uh, the exposure of bad behavior. And, um, you know, I mean, it's just uh, it, it is going to take its toll. And also. There are movies that are, will come out and series that will come out. And if somebody, if somebody uh, is dragged into the scandal, who knows what happens to uh, some of these uh, properties and some of these things? I mean, you know, the, 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 every every movie is 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 a bit of a time bomb right now. If if one of your cast members um, has a secret that gets exposed. This week's episode is also brought to you by Breathe, starring Andrew Garfield and Claire Foy. Critics rave, Andrew Garfield and Claire Foy deliver two of the year's best performances. Garfield is brilliant, and Foy is a true force of nature. Discover more at BleakerStreetGuilds.com. All this is evident on, on the awards circuit in town, too, because this is a time of year where not only are, are movies screened for, for voters, for the Academy voters, for Guild voters, and so forth, but also this is the time where the stars and the star directors get out there and pitch their wares, basically, because every screening, as you know, Mike, and you've been there, every screening basically is accompanied now by by a spokesperson who's saying, this is what the picture intended to be. This is what it's about. So it's interesting to me that some of the harassment conversation does pervade these, these, these talks, but also it's interesting who is not there. I mean, the, the Matt Damon, George Clooney, Denzel, Jennifer Lawrence, I mean, a number of big stars who have done pictures that that were hopefully going to be awards candidates and those pictures are being screened now but they're not being getting favorable reviews and or reactions on either the rotten tomatoes or the metacritic uh, situations so what we don't have this year is is people like Tom Hanks the the amazing job he did to support Sully or Octavia Spencer who worked so hard for hidden figures um, we, instead of the the big stars out there pitching their wares, you know, you you run into Kamel Nanjiani of the Big Sick or or, or Tim Chalamet on Call Me by Your Name or Greta Ger uh, Gerwig on Lady Bird. Somewhat lesser known people are out there 
working the circuit and doing very effectively too. Have you run into this? Um, well, I mean, but if you look in recent years, uh, you know, Spotlight was an independent film. Um, last year, Moonlight was an, an independent film, um, and, and as was La La Land. I mean, it's a wide open race r- right now. And, and so basically what you're saying is the studio constructed films out there have failed to register. But, you know, but they just screened for the first time Steven Spielberg's movie uh, on the Washington Post's, uh, um, you know, handling uh, of the uh, of the Pentagon Papers it's called The Post. Uh, that was that that just happened. And from what I understand, the, the reactions were very strong. And that movie does star Tom Hanks and, and Meryl Streep. So I don't know that we definitively know at this point. I mean, you know, a lot of people like uh, Guillermo del Toro's film, The Shape of Water. I mean, it is a time for movies to be slowly discovered over time. And, and, and um, you know, and some of the people that you mentioned could still factor into best uh best performance, um, you know, uh, nominations. I, I think it's probably a little early to lament this uh, award season. I mean, but certainly everybody's out there trying to make sure that the voters see all the movies. And um, I consider this to be kind of a, a fun period. And, and sometimes when, when there is no prohibitive favorite, it, it forces people to discover films that maybe they just wouldn't pay that much attention uh, to, like Call Me By Your Name. Well, and on that subject, it's interesting to see uh, Army Hammer out there talking about the film, as Army's career has been a, a sort of a fascinating example of, of the ups and downs of an acting career. Do you, do you remember how terrific he was playing both Winklevoss twins in, in Social Network? And everyone said he's going to be the the star of the moment. And then after Social Network, um, his agents or whoever put him into The Lone Ranger and The Man from Uncle. And and, uh, hating those stereotypes, he then did some indie pictures, which didn't work for him either. So he's a good guy uh, and a good actor who has um, faced the, the whiplash of uh, of st- of stardom and semi-stardom. It's a tough way to make a living. I, you know, I, I don't think I'd, I'd feel sorry for for that guy in particular, who 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 comes from probably one of the richest families in the world. But um, but you know, he was also pretty good in Nocturnal Animals, and that was a movie that I thought had several exceptional performances but this the subject matter was dark this was the one that tom ford directed but you know you know i think army is just finding his way um and maybe even realizing that it's better to be it's better to go for quality and 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 you know and and, i mean an example of that and i know they're struggling to be seen but you know robert robert pattinson came off the twilight movies i'm sure you know with more money than he really probably needed um and now he's in a movie called good time and he's getting fantastic reviews for that film um and you know and and i'm sure probably if you if you asked him he he's probably much happier with that identity than with the uh with something that would go along with uh, the lone ranger let's say if that had been a huge hit and not a colossal um failure so uh you know, it's the, the ebb and flow of these leading men careers. You're better off just going for quality and great performances. And then, you know, maybe you get a franchise and, and you can, you know, play off that. That's what Michael Keaton did very successfully when he was Batman. 
Um, and, um, you know, but you don't, you want to remind these people, you want to remind the world every now and then that you can, that you can be a great actor. Denzel Washington does that very well. The one job I never wanted to have in this town was to be a manager or agent and to, to, to sit with, um, a budding star and try to plot his career and pretend that if you put him into pictures with top directors, that's an automatic success. Or if you read a script and say, I love this script. Um, this is going to work for you big time. I mean, there's so many things that, as you well know, that go into the success or failure of a film that to, to pilot an actor's career, to me, would be the ultimate. That's a responsibility I don't want. Yeah, but you know what? But but one thing on that, though, some of the, you know, like I remember I had a really strong relationship with, with Patricia McQueenie, who was uh, Harrison Ford's manager um she she got hold of him when he was a carpenter and um you know and and they worked very carefully and scrupulously about uh figuring out what movies he should do and, and it was and their collaboration uh, led to one of the one of the great hollywood careers of our era and i would actually look at tracy jacobs at you you know uh, at uta who who agented johnny depp for so many years and built just one of the most I mean, you you know, the idea that Johnny could have uh, done the the quirky projects that he did and and have them pay off as often as they did from Ed Wood to Edward Scissorhands and 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 the Pirates of the Caribbean and uh, now of course he left her, which which is often what happens um, out there. But you know, but there I would imagine though uh, that there is a lot of artistry and hard work that goes into trying to factor all the variables and, and making choices, helping an actor make choices. And it's still got to be pretty rewarding when it all works out. You would like to see a little more loyalty among, uh, you know, uh, among the actors, but, um, but they're, you know, but I, I don't know. I, I would beg to differ. I think it must be harder. It would be harder to build a Johnny Depp career today, but um, you know, but that, if you look at the body of work over a long period of time, to me, that's one of the that's one of the marvelous careers that that was that you know that was that, that was definitely helped by a, by a, a, a you know an agent with some vision. Well, we'll close on that note because if you are looking as uh, for loyalty among actors, to me that is the ultimate pursuit of idealism. Uh, but good talking to you, Mike. You too.